When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pains. And it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Don't just rely on the bad news of the moment, but look back at the goodness of God and mix those things together. The good news will always outshine the bad news and you'll be able to have um, a measure of victory even under the worst circumstances. Dear young married couple, you're in a busy season of your life. You're probably working and involved in ministry. On top of that, you might even be parents or students. You're maxed, but you really want to stay connected in your marriage. And that's why we're bringing this podcast to you. I'm Adam King. And I'm Carissa King. And we work with busy couples just like you in our counseling office here in Sacramento, California. We also work with couples all over the world through online counseling And our couples are really just looking for ways to communicate with each other more effectively. Some of them are looking to heal from a breach in trust or find direction in fulfilling the purpose that God has for them. So come and join us as we have a conversation. We'll talk with therapists, authors, pastors, and other couples who will pour into us, giving us tools to become more intimately connected, get adventurous, and find purpose. Hello, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about struggles, setbacks, faith, and facts. And I think it's something that the Christian faces regularly, but sometimes in some seasons of our life, uh, life throws us curveballs and we have to deal with it. And so today we have, we're going to have a very deep insight into someone, uh, someone's life or someone's life um, that is in the midst of this and going through it while shining, I think. Yes, and we are so thankful to have with us Dr. Daniel Blash and his lovely wife, Anne-Marie Blash. Welcome, you two. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. We are going to be hearing um, Daniel and Anne-Marie Blash's story, and they have so many um, unique experiences in this story of struggles and setbacks but like adam said they are shining in the midst of this and that's where the faith and facts come into play so to kick this off we asked dr blash if he would be willing to read a journal entry that we actually read a couple months ago and it it caught her eye yeah it was like wow that was so well said so we would love you to just start this off this podcast off by reading that journal entry for us Absolutely. Um, This journal entry was a, uh, it was a reflection on how I viewed my cancer diagnosis and how I saw other people viewing it. um, And just a struggle between the facts and the faith and what that meant for me personally, and what I hoped it would mean for our congregation as they are and many others are going through this battle with us. Um, So on February the 5th, I I pinned this note, a note on faith, 
facts and feelings, a reflection of my cancer diagnosis and your journey of faith. There are two main ingredients required for the operation of faith. First, you must uh, be faced with a problem or a need that you can't handle with your own resources. The reality of instant credit combined with most parents' unwillingness to allow their children to suffer the natural consequences of life keeps many apostolics away from ingredient number one. Second, there must be confidence in God. There must be an unshakable belief that God can and will supernaturally work things out for your good. And it's from that place of confidence that we speak words of encouragement to each other. So faith is not overly emotional, nor is it aloof and passive. Jesus saw the sadness of Mary and Martha, and he wept, even though he had already planned to raise Lazarus from the dead. He saw the condition of Jerusalem, and he wept, even though he could have revived it. Weeping in the face of hardship is not always a sign of lack of faith. Similarly, rejoicing in the face of hardship isn't proof of great faith. The key is to maintain confidence in God during the storm. Your unshakable confidence in God will help you avoid the trap of the extreme, always emotionally low or always emotionally high during crises. For me, when I, was in, when I initially shared my diagnosis with my mother, um, she was in shock. She almost instantly began to shake her head and she said, no, this can't be happening. And we both cried. Um, she had always suffered great loss and there was no place in her mind where the loss, uh, the thought of losing her only son could land. She cried and I cried, even though I had full confidence in God's desire and his ability to heal me in time. My mother's initial reaction was 100% understandable. She later found room in her mind to deal with the facts while holding on to faith. She moved away from denial. Faith never denies the facts. Faith always defies the facts. Isn't it ironic that we deny bad news, uh, the doctor's bad news, uh, and we rejoice when that same doctor pronounces healing or a miracle? Are doctors only credible when they share good news? You know, don't, don't let the facts hinder your faith. As for me, my sickness is real and potentially fatal. Those are the facts. I have advanced stage uh, four stomach cancer that spread to at least one other major organ. I have runaway cancer cells floating through my blood looking for other places to land and grow. That's a fact. And it's sad. Faith must embrace those facts, not deny them, or it's not faith. It's denial cloaked in positive thinking or humanism. So I say go ahead and accept how bad things are right now because it will only make the healing victory so much sweeter. You see, faith then breeds hope. Faith doesn't depend on the natural, the facts, or the brilliance of medicine. Faith recognizes the supernatural as more real than the natural. We don't deny the facts. We simply recognize the supernatural facts have more authority, um, and in that we rejoice. So my encouragement to my friends and family is just that, to be encouraged. 
we're on a faith journey and God is leading us forward. Shed your tears and dance your dance with faith. Avoid the traps and the doubts along the way and keep growing. Keep growing. I personally dislike the circumstances, but I'm thankful to be on this journey with you. Um, much love, Daniel Blash. Hmm. Beautiful. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that journal entry with all of us. I want to start off just by acknowledging where you are in your faith journey. And I know for you, Sister Blash, um, you are at a place that reflects a lot of those same dynamics. And I'm sure from day to day, the situations make the expression of where you are different. Um, but what we want to ask you now to do, you guys, is to rewind as far back as you want to go to start the story of how you came to embrace the facts and have such dynamic faith in the midst of those circumstances. What are some of these events that led up to this beautiful faith that you have? Well, I would like to, um, you know, just chime in and, and just kind of explain and um, how that was with me when um, uh, I was with him in the doctor's office and um, they were telling him, um, the doctor was telling him the diagnosis. And, uh, and then still some tests had to be done so we were waiting on some more tests. And uh, so I remember exactly, you know, your mind is so sharp when you get bad news. And mm. I mean, I was on my way to, I was uh, driving and I had to pull over. And then my husband had called me and he said, this is the diagnosis. And uh, the first reaction was shock and disbelief. So this was, um, this was uh, when the, the, the confirmation came, even uh, before I wrote in my journal that um, uh, the first time the doctor said, okay, this is cancer. And I was in the waiting room, mm -hmm. remembered all the detail, what was running on the television screen they had there, how the weather was and, and all of these things. And still there was so much disbelief. This cannot be because you know, my husband is a strong man. And I could not ever imagine him being sick like this. So, so it was an unbelief. And then I, you know, just because of the diagnosis and then uh, the faith came in because I've been through it with my sister and with my mother. And um, I know God can do great things. He might be, you know, the experience has prepared me to believe that even in spite of this, God can do a miracle. But I want to, like my husband said, ignore the facts or have a hyper faith kind of approach to it, which means, oh, this is God's going to do, God's going to do, you know, more on the emotional part. Yes, God most definitely can do a miracle. And I do believe he will. But in the meantime, let's go take it one step at a time, one uh, treatment at a time and um, just see what is God trying to tell us in, in, the, in the meantime. Yeah. And I think for me, um, you know, um, I, I reflected back when I'm hearing this news 
And, and by the way, the, the news almost never comes um, all at once. You know, they're discovering and, and yeah. think there's a problem. And so they kind of build you up to this. But at some point, the, the, the ball drops, the, the, the whammy is there, and the word cancer is put on the table. And, um, and then you do all the things that logically people would do. You try and figure out, well, is this a big deal or is this a small deal? Um, in terms of cancer. And for me, it was a big deal. And almost instantly, my mind went back to some of the things that God has taken me through where I wasn't um, very graceful. I didn't handle it gracefully many, many years ago. Um, you know, and, and so I could look back and I could see times when God was putting me in a miracle situation where I went kicking and screaming um, only at some point later to see the dynamic hand of God at work. And so that reality came flooding back. And I asked myself um, a couple of questions as I'm getting this bad news. And question number one was, where am I in time? God, what is going on right now in time? I need to step way back from, you know, this was last year, the end of last year. So I step back from um, 2019. I need to see this in a much bigger uh, context than that. Where, I, where am I in time as an apostolic, as a believer? Um, and, and time, meaning from the time you put me on earth to the time you're going to come back to, to, to take your people out of here, where am I in time? And how does this sickness impact that timing um, of what we're doing here. Uh, and the second question is, um, you know, what what is happening in the big picture? This can't be just about me being sick. I know better than that. Uh, mm. But I learned that. I learned that through experience. And, and what yeah. I'm referring to is my time in, uh, well, one of those things I'm referring to is my time in Desert Storm, uh, where God put me in a, a war zone um, in the most unusual way um, and, and dropped me literally into nine months of, of miracle, nine months of miracles um, that I couldn't recognize in the moment. And after I left that experience, I thought, God, I will handle with grace the next thing you bring my way that's uncomfortable, that's painful, um, that I don't understand. I'm going to step back. I'm going to do my best to get it, to understand it, to, to handle it with grace and with, with the authority and the confidence that now I've learned I need to have. And, and so um, I, was, I was living off of the fruit and off of the relationship and the blessing that, um, that I had prior to this diagnosis. Um, and I would encourage anyone you know, to don't just rely on the bad news of the moment, but look back at the goodness of God and mix those things together. God, long enough, the good news will always outshine the bad news and you'll be able to have um, a measure of victory, even under the worst circumstances. Mm. Wow. Amen. Amen. That's beautiful. One question I had that popped up for me Um because now you, you have a very much different vantage point than you did 
the first time you were talking about going through you know, miracle after miracle, and you said you didn't handle it with grace. In your mind, what does that look like when, when you're trying to learn how to trust, and maybe it's your first merry-go-round, and you're learning what this whole walking by faith means? What does that look like? And then, of course, we're seeing an example of, of what going through grace looks like, or going through it gracefully looks like. But maybe tell us, what are the things that we do to kind of sabotage our gracefulness? You know, uh, I'll start, and then my, my wife probably has gone through things with more grace than me, so she may not have <laughs> many testimonies, but I've got plenty. Um, you know, when God chose me out of 10,000 plus people to represent him in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, the way he chose to do that was he separated me from my unit, and within 20, within 24 hours of being notified, I was ripped away from my family, my church, and sent to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, and, and what it looked like for me that wasn't very graceful is I, I, I just, I remember complaining. And I, ironically, I used the things of God to complain to God about. I said, God, I, I pay my tithing faithfully. When, when the church has a need, we, de- we, we dig deep into our budget to help meet that need. God, I'm teaching Bible studies right now. And, and I just went down this big list, not realizing those were the very things that qualified me for <laughs> But I used them as rationales to say, God, why would you pick on someone like me? Um, and, and, I, and although I didn't have an attitude that could be seen by the average person, Anybody with spiritual discernment, and certainly I saw that there was there was there was an attitude there, um, and and God, why me? Uh, and so that's what it looked like when it wasn't very graceful. And from that vantage point, you can't claim victory, you can't um, you can't speak with great authority. You're really not working with God as closely as you should be. But it was His grace still that that chose me. Um, now, I recognize that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, you picked me for this battle the same way you picked uh, Paul to have a, a thorn in his flesh or the same way you picked Daniel to spend time in a lion's den. And Lord, for each of these people, there was a greater purpose. And now I can see that and I can speak with a faith that is beyond my circumstance um, by looking back. And, and so now I think I'm handling this with a whole lot uh, less complaining, uh, no belly, no complaining, no, no, compl- <laughs> I, I will not complain. Um, no belly aching, no uh, God, why me? As a matter of fact, I kind of feel almost privileged um, that, that God is allowing me to be a vessel for him and that something significant will come out of this moment. Um, and I'm like, God, I can't believe you would choose me for something like this. Wow. So a total different, a totally different mindset. Now that's my perspective. Life will have a slightly different one. Yeah. I remember um, um, the the day when, and it was August the 15th, I think 1999, I was in Germany. Uh, he had sent me to Germany while he was already in Saudi Arabia. 
and we just had the two girls, Teresa and Christina, they're like um, one and two years old. I was at my mother's house. So, but I do remember having such a peace. Even on August the 15th, I think this is when the war was declared and the action really started. And it was a supernatural peace that I had. And for nine months he was gone, I continued having that peace. God just really carried me. Now, you would think that from that point on now that, you know what, I have arrived in this faith journey, but with this cancer, it, it's, it's a different. Mm-hmm. There is a, a, uh, a way that I look at my life and I think, have I done all I could as, as his wife in the ministry? And mm-hmm. um, remember the, the quote I did, I uh, quoted on my post, uh, it was from C.S. Lewis. It says, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience but shouts in our pains and it is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world and that spoke to me because i i uh, the role as mother and wife has been so wonderful and i have enjoyed it and i think it's a wonderful thing but at the same time i do reflect and think god have i left out other people so in in a ministry in 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 as a pastor's wife so so i am thinking that i have um drawn closer to god during this time and because i want to know god what is it that you're trying to say to me personally and how can i be of a better uh, vessel for you in the kingdom Mm, wow so if i could take what we just said and summarize it i think handling this with more grace at this point um, looks like seeing it clearly for what it is um, from a, a vantage point that that's you know stepping away and trying to see it as clearly as possible uh, what God is doing I think handling it with grace means that that through smiles or tears we're growing closer to God um, and I think handling it with grace means that we're still reaching out. We're yes. still touching other people um, and not mm. withdrawing within ourselves, um, you know, um, and just being concerned there. And, and every yeah. words of affirmation, increasing our, our financial giving, um, you know, trying to pour more into other people, um, all of that to me is is um, handling it with with grace and and I would also say having great compassion for people that are struggling with this same diagnosis that may not they may not be at that faith place yet, but saying to them you're going to get there and then the way you're going to get there is you're going to you're going to see God bringing you through in these small uh, places these small victories, and then you're going to learn to trust him for bigger things um, down the road. And so, um, all of those things to me point to handling it with a little bit more grace than, than the rounds, uh, the multiple rounds that have happened prior to being here. Oh, yeah. It's neat how you guys can kind of wink back to previous experiences and 
for you, Dr. Blashett, was the shift in perspective from complaining to using those same reasons um, to see it as, you know, to see, to shift your perspective to, hey, this is why I'm chosen for this. And, and for you, Sister Blash, um, I'm hearing, you know, that you had a sense of peace just automatically, um, you know, when, when your husband was taken off to desert storm, but in the current situation with the cancer, um, you had to really hear God's shout in your pain and draw you closer to him in order to get that peace. And for both of you, it's propelled you to action. You've been connecting with other people and, and pouring into other people and encouraging other people, maybe in ways that you haven't before or in, in much, um, much more, much deeper ways, um, maybe than you have before. Yeah, I would, I would say that's absolutely right. And, you know, cancer, this has been a different fight. Um, and, and maybe that's the way it's supposed to be. The, the battles that we fought before, um, they shift and change, but this has been a different fight. And although I've learned a lot from my past experiences, um, I, I'm seeing things now that I've never dealt with before. Um, for instance, this battle is within my body. So I'm being treated with chemotherapy, very strong drugs that um, that make me sick as they're trying to make me better. Um, I, I joke and say that the, the trick with chemotherapy is that it kills the cancer before it kills you, you know? Mm. Um, and that's kind of, that's yeah. really kind of the way it works. Um, and so yeah. there are times when I'm physically weak um, and, you know, having faith and being able to say things assertively um, with great conviction when you're feeling great is one thing, but when you're feeling weak and exhausted, it's another thing. And so I have those moments where I feel very tired um, and I'm just physically not at my best. Um, and when that happens, I rest, but I rest like a lion rests, not like a sheep is resting. Um, because when I'm back at, I'm going to be roaring. I am going to be roaring. And so it, it's kind of like baby sleeping. That's not sleeping. That's a power nap. They're going to terrorize you as soon as they're up and, you know, they got their energy back. And, and so, you know, I take it like that in stride. And there are times when I simply can't do as much and I rest. But the moment I'm able again, my mind is going towards outreach. It's going towards helping people. It's going towards uh, being industrious. It's going towards the kingdom. It's going towards things that are victory oriented. Uh, mm -hmm. and so it's a very different battle. Um, but I wanted to say all that because I wanted to tell people it's okay to rest. Um, it's okay to, to it's, you know, kind of ball up and, and breathe. Uh, but when you're rested and when you're well, you know, come out, come out with some victory and, and be able to declare the word of the Lord. Um, he's faithful. Yes. Mm. My desire in this is to be as closely connected uh, with my husband and all of his endeavors. Now in the time when, you know, he, he has to go to get the chemotherapy and, uh, and I wanted to be with him. And the first couple of times I was able to, but now with this, uh, these restrictions uh, because of the COVID-19, no, there are no visitors allowed. 
And uh, I know he's a strong man and he, he tells me, you know, he's fine. But to me, it was very important when I was able to, to be there with him, even if I'm just yeah. there, just to, to be present. And, um, and also to be there, um, I want to, you know, be able to uh, grow in my development, um, in my relationship with the Lord into such a way that I can also be there with him when he's roaring like a lion in my energy uh, so that I can roar along with him. Yes. Yeah. Hearing you guys use that metaphor of, you know, resting like a lion so that you can roar like a a lion. (laughs) It brings me back to that memory of you testifying here at our church just a couple months ago. And uh, you had everyone just give a big roar. <laughs> and it was that act of, of faith um, and just kind of representing the faith that we all have in the midst of this. Yeah. yeah we're going to win. Um, yeah. A part of my thinking, um, it really rests in our theology. Either we, are, we, we believe the word of God or, or we don't. And what I mean by that is all of it. To live is Christ, to die is gain. We should either believe it or stop saying it. And I believe that. We, we, I cannot lose. If I stay in him, I cannot lose. Uh, so that gives you a certain confidence. Now, I am not on a death march, and I'm not eager uh, to cross that other side, but I have a theology that says when I do, I gain. Uh, you know, wow. it, that takes away the power of death, hell, and the grave. It takes it's completely away. Um, and and it, mm. it puts us in a headspace, I think, where we can, we can be wise, careful, but not fret, um, yeah. you know, on these things. Yes. I believe that. I really do believe that. And at the same time, I believe that I'm going to live a very long time. I really do. It just, I just believe that's how it's going to happen. Something one day will take me out. I don't believe this is it and this is now. Um, you know, so having that strong sense of theology that I really truly believe it, as much as I believe our one God message, I believe the theology on life and death. And so uh, it settles me um, and gives me confidence in a way that... Um, I think will will matter for people as they too face, you know, sicknesses that could lead to death. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it was Del Tackett that asked the question. He said that, "Do you really believe that what you believe is real?" Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what you're talking about. This pain has only magnified your beliefs, and you've had to sink your teeth into like what. You know, I've given my life to this, and now that I'm here, you could say that I can walk through this valley in victory because I win either way. But we're, but we're, you choose to trust, and you're choosing trusting that God is going to bring you through this, and you know He will. I love that. One, one question, because. We know that there are going to be lots of people that listen to this uh, podcast, and there are going to be people that are facing these struggles, you know, with pain and with, uh, you know, difficult things that they think may look hopeless to them. And they are Christians. 
Um, I was thinking as you were talking about how you're reframing so much of, of your struggle from like, you know, why me to what does this mean? Um, but you know, you work with people and you do cognitive behavioral therapy. And, uh, I know this is a perfect person to ask about this. You know, we're in a, we're in a battle of thoughts, um, of, you know, taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And I'm sure a lot of very hurtful or not hurtful thoughts, but thoughts that could turn you toward worry or to fretting or to depression. How are you combating that every day? Have you kind of brought closer to you of some verses or some thoughts that you have on the tip of your mind to kind of tell yourself to encourage yourself in the Lord? And this question goes for both of you. Yes, it does. Well, I I think um, for me, I am naturally more the person that would that worries. Um, for me, first of all, don't feel guilty when you feel fear and anxiety. It's totally normal and human. But at the same time, take these feelings and thoughts, and again, use the scripture uh, to cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. This is one scripture and there are so many more. And to really take those scriptures and um, not just reading them, but taking them very personally and, and bring them to the Lord. And there may be moments when this is maybe one or two days where you're fine. And then day three and four, you're dealing with it again because it is a struggle. It is also a spiritual struggle. Um, so it's it's emotional and it's spiritual. And what has helped me is to find a place when I can't sleep, whether it's because I feel the joy of the Lord or because I um, I worry. I find a place uh, and pray and give it to the Lord. And I don't give up until I have an answer. And I have to say, I've been very thankful that we have the body of Christ where there are people that say, you know what, I had a dream about you all. This is how it was. And it's usually very encouraging because when it comes from the Lord, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. He helps carry us in, and, and it's through the word, through an encouraging word from somebody in the church and just the body too. So, so it all works together and, and just keep doing it, keep doing it. And uh, at some point, it becomes easier and uh, and better. So that's that's my take on it. I love that. And you know, um, it's an excellent question. <clears throat> um, when the question that many people ask when they have a diagnosis of cancer is, um, "What are my chances of surviving this?" Uh, and they want to know um, the the cancer I have, uh, the sort of cancer I have, and the rate at which it's progressed. The uh, chances of survival, the five year survival rate, depending upon what you read, is somewhere between four, the number four percent, um, and as high as thirty percent. So. Uh, talking about staggering and sobering facts, um, you know, that's, it doesn't get much more sobering than that. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. The question is, you know, how do you wrap your mind around that? And, and, and 
uh, frame it or reframe it. And um, I, I have to say that one of the things I say to myself is, wow, God, what an incredible miracle this is going to be. Um, God, you don't need, uh, you don't need 50%. You, you don't even need a hundred, you know, you just need a small window because you're God. Um, and I think about things, this is not a small thing. This is a big thing. Um, when, when the children of Israel were, were fighting and losing the battle because um, the, the sun was going down and they just couldn't win in, in, in time, God stopped the, the movement of, of the, the sun to help his people. I mean, he, he came completely what are the violated. Chances? Yeah, the law of nature. He violated the law of nature mm -hmm. to step in and say, wait a second, I'm God, and I supersede even the law of nature. Um, and we see this. We see this when you put um, Daniel with hungry lions. We see this when you put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with the force of fire. We've seen this many times. And so I go and I say, God, look at what you've done in the past. And now, Lord, here's another situation just like that one. And, and how are you going to do it? And, and so I would say that it's a frame and not a reframe. A reframe suggests you're taking something uh, and you're putting it into a, a better light. I think we're taking it and we're putting it into its natural light. We're putting it into the light from which it really is being, um, it's from the light of God. And, and that's how we're seeing it. And, and framed that way, then, then Goliath has no chance against David. And framed that way, the, the, the enemies of God have no chance against the people of God. And framed that way, cancer has no chance in this situation. The fight is so rigged and so unfair. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's back to that theology and back to who God is. And, and going back to that statement I made, where am I in time? That's the question that, that, you know, Moses had to be asking as he's right in the middle of something spiritual and dynamic or these other people I've mentioned, they have to be asking that question. What in the world just happened? Where am I in time that the Red Sea just parted? Where am I in time that, you know, this miracle just happened? What does that mean? Um, and, and so I see myself as a continuation of a biblical narrative that happens to be one of victory after victory after victory. Um, and I also realize that there are scars. They're not just victories. There are scars. And I yeah. fully anticipate walking out of this with great victory and new scars. Wow. Wow. Thank you for that. I loved what you said there. It's not a reframe, it's a frame. Because the way you see, the way we see life is through the most real lens. Yeah. You know, the, the Bible is just a story of reality. And when we cling to that, we see reality in its clearest sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had a revelation right there. That was love it. incredible. And I love how you both are seeing your lives as a continuation of what God is doing. You're just saying, you know, God, what are you up to? What's your mission? And, and you know, where am I in time? Mm -hmm. 
what is happening in the big picture. Um, and that is kind of what you've held to through all of this, whether it was Desert Storm, whether it was the things you encountered throughout your, how many years have you guys been married? Almost 33. <laughs> you know, 33 years. <laughs> <laughs> Almost 33. So 33 years and You've encountered so many struggles and setbacks, but you've also encountered miracle after miracle. And so it's helped you see this new, this frame. You're seeing it from a different perspective, the real perspective of um, God's reality. Yeah. Yes. You know, even this podcast that you all are doing, um, everybody needs to step back and say, where are we in time? When, when my wife and I were raising our kids, we had the benefit of James Dobson. Um, and, and he helped us to learn about our kids. And during those trying moments, it was such a blessing that just so happened in that time, James Dobson was around and able to help us. Well, he's not anymore and, and there's other things going on, but somebody's gonna look back one day and say, when we were struggling and when we needed help, you know, wow, dear young couple was around. And, and it was in that time. And everything has times and seasons, you know. And so even this and this podcast and this, this specific topic is got a purpose uh, in, in somebody's life. This is the perfect timing and this is the perfect, um, uh, you know, setting uh, to receive this information, they're going to look back and they're going to recognize that. So that question, where are we in time mm -hmm. and what ought we to be doing right now in this time is a very important question. Wow. Well, we are believing with you and trusting that the people who are hearing this right now are just receiving what you have to say, not just hearing it, but receiving it into their spirits and letting it propel them to that next dimension of faith. Yeah. So we appreciate your guys' ministry in this very podcast episode. Brother Blash and Sister Blash, could you say a prayer for the people that are going through um, something difficult right now? I think that would be appropriate. Yeah. Because you have a, a very healthy way of looking at what's happening through the correct frame. Yeah. Uh, but maybe you could say a prayer for the people that are in the same position or going through something really hard and need that faith right now. I would be happy to do that. Mm -hmm. Lord, we thank you right now for your presence. Oh. Lord, we thank you, Lord. And, and we thank you for all those who are listening to this podcast, Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that everything that was said will be an encouragement, Lord, that it will draw them all other people closer to you, Lord Jesus. And that's what it's all about, to draw closer to you, to hear what you have to say to each and every one, and to send us out into the field with greater strength, with greater faith, and with your power. Lord, I pray that you just pour out your spirit upon all of those who are listening, Lord Jesus, so that you can speak to us and just do let your the words grow in the hearts and minds of people. Heal the brokenhearted, Lord Jesus. Heal those who are having painful experiences right now, Lord. Yes, 
Even us who have the Holy Ghost need that, Lord Jesus. And I pray that this word that, that was shared right now will spread and will bring many closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, precious Lord. Amen. I think I'm going to pray a little bit too. Yes. Please. Jesus. Jesus. Lord, when we go through the things of life, it's so easy to see the darkness. It's easy to see the problems. God, the bills pile up because of sickness and pressures. So much happens, Lord. My prayer, God, is that every believer would be able to see the fingerprints of God all over um, their life, God. If we look, we can see you, God. If we seek you, God, you will be found. Jesus, that, God, you would make it so clear, God, that someone would recognize that, yes, they're going through a problem, but they're in a great church right now, and that's a blessing because they've not always been in one. Or, yes, they're going through great struggles right now, but they're surrounded by people who are praying for them. Lord, even in our situation, there are people who are fasting for me every single day of the week, God. I recognize that. That's a part of the fingerprint of God that I can see on this. Let other people, God, see it, Lord, when those things are happening. God, that the struggles are there, but they're so blessed in so many other ways. That's you carrying us, Lord. And I pray that we can see it clearly. And then, God, we can find a way to thank you for it. And, Lord, if we can thank you through the pain and the struggle and the frustration, there's an extra layer of victory, God, that just gets piled on top of it all. And Lord, it's contagious, Lord. So I thank you for that, God. Touch our sight. Help us to really see you in all of what's going on and to feel your presence in Jesus' precious name, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Oh, thank you, you guys. I just feel the Holy Ghost as we sit here and pray along with you. And... um. Wow, we're just yes, thank thankful you. for your ministry. And um, I know you guys pastor a church, but your ministry is global. You guys have poured into so many people um, through through the years, and especially um, with your testimony right now. You're a living testimony. So we thank you. Amen. Glad to thank be you. with you all. And um, just excited that what God is doing with your life. And thank you for... Um, using your time and your energy to pour into the people of God, thousands and thousands of people, um, all to be thanking God for your efforts uh, because mm -hmm. touching that many, and that's not a small thing. I promise you, someone's going to look back in time and recognize this as something very significant, um, and they may say something like, that's what kept me, that's what kept me. And what a feeling that is when you hear someone talk about your ministry um, in that way. So uh, thank you for doing this. Well, we're honored to to do that. And thank you for for being willing to to bear your heart and to strengthen us. Um, yes. It gives us courage every single time that we hear, uh, you know, it's it's so easy to feed off of someone else's strength. And I think that, we uh we can we're doing that we we feel the strength from you guys and you are in our prayers so thank you yes. guys so much all right blessings to you thank you we love you love you too we love you bye-bye 
All right, friends, we really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at dearyoungmarriedcouple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.